So we titled this weekend, we've kind of talked about it generally, there's been a title for this weekend, it's Moving Forward, uh, Moving Forward. Everybody just say the word forward for me. Everything in God's kingdom advances. Jesus said from the time until John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has been advancing, which means when we're born into the kingdom, we're born into something that's naturally moving forward. So like when I grew up in church, they say, you know, you want to be careful, you want to just stay before the Lord because you don't want to backslide. And really, that's, that's not, a Bible, that's not, a, that's not a, a Bible concept, backsliding, because the kingdom is always advancing. So as long as I stay in relationship walking with the Lord, the Lord's always walking forward. So, you know, I never, had to, I never backslid when I was a kid. I never fell back into the world. I mean, I don't even know if I ever was in the world. I feel like I was like John the Baptist. I was saved from my mother's womb. You know, I was probably jumping around in there. I was hyperactive anyway. And so, she, you know, I, I just don't only remember church. Now, there were times I questioned things, and there were certainly times I made mistakes. But making mistakes doesn't mean you're not moving forward. In fact, you can't move forward without making mistakes. Anybody that's done anything in life knows you can't move forward without making mistakes. It's called failing forward. And so God understands that. In the supernatural even, in supernatural life, you can't, you can't move forward without making mistakes. You can't learn to walk on water with almost drowning. Right? You can't feed 5,000 without first wondering how we're, where we're going to get the resources to feed ourselves. <laughs> you can't learn, you can't have the faith to open a barren womb, perhaps, even if you haven't seen it happen or if it hasn't happened to you. So what I'm saying is that moving forward doesn't always feel like you're moving forward. And some of you haven't always felt like you're moving forward, but I want to tell you that you are. And, and God, in this scripture, I, I like it because there's some piece, places in the Bible where it's very clear, you understand it, like, thou shalt not steal. That's pretty clear, right? So even if I go to a store and I say, man, I really... You know, I like, as a kid, I, I really like this bubble gum, and I don't have, you know, two cents to buy this bubble gum. I, Thou shalt not steal keeps me from stealing that bubble gum. Well, it should have, but that, I did actually steal it <laughs> when I was a kid, and then I was chewing it on the way home with my friends, and I felt so bad that I said, oh, I got to go back to the store. I forgot something, and my friends said, where are you going? I said, I just forgot something, and I went back, and uh, I, I, I paid the guy for the, the two pennies, because my friend dared me to steal the bubble gum, but... But because the word was in my heart, it kept me, well, it kept me from sinning. <laughs> it didn't keep me from sinning, but it kept me from at least blowing bubbles with the sin, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's some things that are super clear in the Bible, about the Bible. Then there's these other things that are not completely clear. And this is one of those scriptures that at first it doesn't sound completely clear. So I'm going to read this to you. It's a little, it seems a little heavy at first. And it's a, it's a little long, but stay with me. And it's uh, verses number 7 through number 18, okay? So it's a little long, but it's worth reading because there's something we're going to get out of it. Now, <clears throat> if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Pause. Let me just... Explain what he's talking about there. He's talking about the Ten Commandments. Remember I said, thou shalt not steal. What's that? It's one of the Ten Commandments. So that means that there's glory to that. There's, there's something about God that's on that. But also there's another characteristic of that part of the, the law in relationship with God. And that is it's transitory. Or that word transitory means it dimin it's diminishing. Which means that the farther I get away from it, the less I feel convicted by it. 
So if I don't submit to what's clear, I can, I can resist it and, and eventually it just diminishes in my life because what happens is when we only have a, a, a rules-based relationship with God, the rules only take effect when we're in the presence of that place. So Moses would get in the presence of God, he got the law, but when he got out of the presence of God, the glory diminished. The Bible says that, and it says in here, that they would put a, a veil on his face because the light of God's presence would glow on his face. But they would put the veil on his face because, so the people couldn't see when the, when the presence of God was fading off of his face because it would diminish. So if you only have a rules-based relationship or a religion-based relationship with God, you come to church on Sunday, but by Wednesday, you're sort of feeling petered out. You're feeling dried out. You're feeling it's, it's diminishing. But if you have a spirit-based relationship with God, you come here, you get your spirit charged up, and you live out of your spirit every day, and you're charging your spirit up because you wake up in the morning, and you're still having church with Jesus. You're still singing, what a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. In the morning, when you get up, you're... Even if you're tired, even if you're jet lagged, you're still worshiping the Lord. It's not because it's Sunday, but because he's in your day. He's a part of your everyday. And so this is talking about a change in the way that we live our life, how we move forward. It's impossible to move forward without, without his spirit. And so he says, verse 9, picking up, if the ministry that brought condemnation, which he's just saying the same thing that he was saying again, was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious now has now no glory in comparison with their surpassing glory. For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with their surpassing glory, which means that what God gave us in the last season He's talking about the law. He's talking about Moses. But now you can also make this more generally. That we go through different seasons in our relationship with God. And if we just try to live out of an old season, that old season diminishes. It's not enough to keep us, carry us into the next place. And so you have to find a place where you walk with God that you're continually increasing in your knowledge of him. You're continually increasing in your relationship with him. And that's called a surpassing glory or a, a glory that, that increases, that goes farther than you, than you have before. So then verse 11 goes on to say, what was transitory, still talking about Moses again, what was diminishing came with glory. How much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such hope, we're very bold. We're not like Moses who put a veil on his face to prevent people, the Israelites, from seeing the end of what was passing away, which means he had to cover up what was ending because it was, getting, it was fading away. But to, to prevent what was passing away from seeing the end of what was passing away, but their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now here's where we get 
These is, this is where I say to the scripture, there's some scriptures that are clear, there's some scriptures that are completely unclear. Now I read this, and I can read the entire Bible and understand some of it. Some of it I'll never understand. But this one right here is understandable, but it's a little confusing. Because Paul's taking something that's very clear. Thou shalt not steal. And he's saying that's diminishing. But he doesn't really define what's coming. He's saying it's just greater. It's surpassing. It's better. But how many know if God wants to offer you something better, it means he wants to give it to you. So if God wants to offer you something better, you might want to define what it is. But Paul leaves this phrase, and part of it is because the language that Paul has in the, in the culture that he's from. Part of it is the translation that we get from his language to our language. And part of it is the not being able to understand spiritual things. So he uses this word glory. Everybody say glory. That's a confusing word to me because it sounds like it's just something reserved for church or something that's spiritual. But really this word glory is very, it's very specific. It means the reputation of something and, the, and, and its substance. So the reputation and the substance of something. So there's a glory. If you, if, <laughs> okay, this is weird, but it's just what came to my mind. So... I was, I was flying into, into Oklahoma last year, and I flew in late on a, on a Saturday night, and I picked up my rental car, and there's a funny smell in the rental car. It was like one of those funky smells. I'm like, oh, I don't know who was in this car before me, what was in this car before me. I couldn't place it. It wasn't smoke. It wasn't, it wasn't burger and fries, you know, which in America, that's what you expect to have in there, right? So, so I'm driving to my hotel. And I went to hit the, the cruise control on the highway, and I must have hit the radio on button on the steering wheel. All of a sudden, Indian music comes on my, on my uh, speakers of my car. And it, it's, it's um, you know, music from Bollywood. It's like Bollywood music, right? And all of a sudden, I realized, oh, that's curry. That smells good. I like curry. Curry's good stuff, you know? So now I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. What is that? That's glory, <laughs> if you will. It's the residue of something that was there before. It's the reputation of something that was there before, you know? Now, it smells better when it's first cooked than when it's, you know, in, in the car. But, but I didn't recognize what, what I thought was a funky smell actually brought a good memory back to me because I like curry, right? But what did it take to remind me of the smell? It took, me, it took the sound. And so I, once I heard the music, I redefined the atmosphere, and then it, it, all, it plugged back into a memory of something that was good. So, so what happens is God gives you an experience, and when he wants you to experience something new, what he does is he reminds you of his goodness. Like we talked about the baby, the baby being born. What does that do? It reminds me of what happened to my wife. It reminds me of the goodness of God from the past. And when you rehearse the goodness of God from the past, you, get, you make a way for you to enter into the goodness of God that he has for you for this season, right? So you sometimes just have to take a deep breath. When you can't see or smell or hear what God wants to do next, and you're in between, because it says that he will change us from glory to glory. Everybody say glory to glory. See, the two is the smallest word there, but it's the biggest place in it, because the, the, longest, the longest journey you'll go on is in the middle from glory to glory. Because you have to go through something before you can go to something. So he tells you what you're going to. You're going to more of God. You're going to more of his presence. You're going to more of his reputation. You're going to more of his substance. But you have to go through something. And sometimes on your way through, you forget 
Because you can't see what you're, you're going to yet. You can't see the new season, but you forget what you've been through. And so sometimes you just have to stop and you have to turn the music up. You have to take a deep breath. That's glory. Here's what's cool about that story. Is, so we have a great Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night service with that church. Monday, I meet with the entire church like staff and leadership team, the pastoral staff. There's about 35 people on their pastoral and then their leadership staff. And so we're meeting with 35 people around this, this room, this circle. And I'm just praying for different people, sharing some things strategically, prophetically, and things like that. And I get to this one young lady, and it's about, I'm about three quarters of the way through, so I've already said... You know, how much more can you say? And you, what are you going to say to this next one? And I, and I said, I see you uh, establishing home groups in the church, being a leader to establish home groups, which was her, uh, actually her and her husband did it together. They were the home group leadership teams. But I said, I see your home being an example of that. And, and God wants you to know the same way that you've prepared your home for, to receive people into God's presence. There's going to be homes all around this church that you're going, to, you're going to help them prepare for the presence of God. And as soon as I said that, when I said the presence of God, I could smell that curry again. I was like, and I smell, and I said, here's what I said, and I smell you cooking curry. <laughs> and everybody laughed because she actually, this lady loves to cook and she's been telling everybody how she's trying out all these curry recipes. She's learning how to, and it's all southern cooking. So southern cooking in the U.S. all fried and, you know, so you don't, can't do fried curry. So I said, I see you practicing cooking with curry and sometimes it didn't come out really good. But you're going to learn to cook with curry really good because that's going to be a sign that you're creating an atmosphere in your home that's going to receive people into the presence of God. God is like curry. <laughs> and everybody kind of laughed and she, but she really got it why? because it was something that was personal to her that she was doing to welcome people into her home and it was also a symbol for the presence of God and God gave me an experience that could help her define what she was called to do in this next season and so God, here's what God is saying he's bringing us into something more and in order to know what more he has for us we have to understand what we've already had now, it's hard to understand this glory, this reputation, or substance. So let me give you an example. There's two ways that I, we can define glory today. We can define it the, the female way or the male way, and we'll do both, right? The, the, the male way is just one word, bacon. <laughs> so if you don't like curry, you must like bacon, okay? And you know how when you cook bacon, it, it's, your whole house smells the rest of the day. I like bacon, doesn't it? And you always have to cook bacon before you cook your eggs. Why? Because the eggs must be cooked in the glory of the bacon. Correct? Correct? And so, so it's, it's actually a new covenant example. Now, for women, here's a great example for you. See, the glory is, is how whenever, the longer you're married, scientifically, there's actually a study. The longer you guys, you guys already look like each other. The longer you're married, you look like each other. You know that? The more you're in love, you look like each other because you actually, actually start to mimic each other's facial muscles as you look face to face. So you know the, the biblical principle is what you behold, you become. But it's true. So as you look at each other, you smile the same, you look the same, which makes you start to look at each other. And if you don't look at each other a lot, then you start to look like your dog. Because <laughs> so the longer you're married, the more you look like each other or you look like your dog. So if your husband looks more like your dog than you, maybe you guys need to spend a little bit more time face to face. Just saying. All right. And so this is actually biblical because Moses would look at God face to face. And so not only is, is 
walking into the new season, able to know who God was in the past for me, right? The residue of who God was. But to now see, he wants to be that for me now. So the question we ask when we're moving into, into this new season is, what was God for me in the past that he wants to be for me now? It's a good question. God for me in the past was someone who opened a barren womb. What does God want to do now? He still wants to open barren wombs. God for me in the past was a healer. What does he want for, to do for me now? He wants to be a healer. What was God for me in the past? So this is really a question you could work through with God this this. Um, this week because it's something that as you're moving from something to something, it's, you need to have a, you have a new, you need to have a new perspective of who God is. I remember this, this past year as we were going through some just life changes, our kids, our, our youngest child went to college and different transitions were happening and I was just having a conversation with the Lord and said, God, it feels like everything is changing, but you're a God who never changes. But how come everything in my life is changing? I need to know you as a God who's the same yesterday, today, forever. What does that mean? And immediately, I had this picture. And I had this picture of whenever I was a child and we, we moved from the house I was born in to the house I ended up growing up in. We had a, a family of five Five children, three sisters, me and my younger brother tagged along at the end. So there was really four of us when we moved to the new house. My mom was pregnant. I shared a room in the small house with my two sisters. Yeah, that's why I am the way I am. And so, and so when I was about five, we moved to this big house where I had my own room and it was a huge room. And as I was asking the Lord, God, show me who you were in the past that you want to be for me now so I can see, because I can't see the season ahead, what it looks like, but I need to see you first. There's the key right there. If you can't see your season ahead, you need to see who God is first. So you need to ask God, who are you for me? Who, you, who do you want to show yourself to me? So if I can't see how God's going to provide for my future. I first need to see God as a provider in a new way. Right? If I don't know what the, the physical diagnosis is in my body, I now, I first, before I see healing, I need to see God as a healer in a new way. Am I making sense to you? So whatever you need to enter into in this next season, you need to see who God is for you in that. And it's, it's very practical. So I asked the Lord, show me who you are, because I can't see this next season. And so, so he showed me this picture, and I woke up in this brand new house, all by myself in this room, five years old. I don't, I didn't, I don't know that I even had this memory, but I remember waking up that day, and that, this part I did remember. I walked downstairs, and I was a little scared because of this big house and this big room all by myself, but then my sister was there, who I used to share a room with. She was downstairs, and she was already looking around this new house, and she said, you want to go, you want to go check out the house with me? And we started checking out closets and little nooks and crannies, and so we opened up this, this one walk-in closet in our that was off our kitchen, like a pantry, and, and it was really dark back in there. We got back in this back corner, and there were these slate chalkboards that were back in the back corner that the, the former owners left, and there was chalk there, and we got these slate chalkboards, and we ran outside. We thought this was the greatest thing. We just, we, we started drawing on these slate chalkboards, and as we're drawing on them, our neighbor comes over, the neighbor child that lives next door. We'd never met her, but she saw us outside playing with our new toys. So she wanted, yeah, that's how you make friends. Get a new toy. They all want to know you. <laughs> if your kid has trouble making friends, buy him a video game. And their kids, are, all their friends want to see him, right? And so our friend comes over and she, she becomes a new friend, becomes a, 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 a grow-up friend. We grew up all the way through, through high school with this friend and we met her the first day. And, and in that moment, in that quick picture, it took me longer to tell you the story than 
that came in my head. I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? He said, Bob, you have to understand, I'm taking you into a bigger place. And it feels uncomfortable because you've been in a small place and you thought it was big. Sometimes we get comfortable in a, in a small place that thinking about a bigger place can actually make us scared when it should stir faith in our hearts. Walking on water can make us scared when it should stir, stir faith in our hearts. Seeing Jesus walk on the water should, should, makes us scared when it should stir faith in our hearts because it's unusual. He said the second thing is, is that I've already hidden some things in secret places in that bigger space, but you're going to have to explore to find them, which means the things that God has in store for you, you've got to search them out. You've got you to find them. So what I found out is this is a good father who he prepares a bigger space for me, even though I can't see it. When I search, I find stuff I didn't have. I get toys that I didn't have before. And I make friends I didn't have before. And so and this is all the, the new glory that I step into because I'm in relationship with him. I'm discovering who he is. Now, this is my personal story, but I think some of these principles are transferable. But here's what's definitely transferable to you is God's taking you to a new place. You've never been there. It's bigger, it's better, it's going to be scary, but there's going to be surprises that you can find when you explore that space. Because God has called you to be a church to this neighborhood, but he's called you to be a church to this city. And that's going to be scary when you step out to do that. And I've been saying for five years, George, this place is too small. Now, this place is actually too small. Okay? So it's not just speaking things that are not as though they are. It's speaking things that are as though they are. And if I come here again, it's, and you're, gonna, you're, you're in a growth pattern, and it's scary to say, well, our family is growing. We need, a, we need a bigger home. But can I tell you something? God's already got his home prepared for you. He's got, he's got the space prepared for you. And the other thing is, he has surprises in store for you you don't know about. So he provides for the place, he provides for the prizes, and he provides for the people that he's going to bring because there's a lot of people you're going to reach that you wouldn't reach if you just stayed in this smaller place. There's a lot of people you're going to influence. Am I talking to anyone here? Okay, because you're really quiet, which doesn't make me nervous. That actually makes me more bold because I know I'm right. I actually know I'm right now because God has, George has so honored his father and his mother in his life. And this church has honored its past that God is now blessing it for its future. And you guys get to go along in this journey. And what's cool is when you're part of a community that's happening in, that means that God's taking you into a new space. That means that God, see my dad bought the new house, but I got to go into a new room. My dad bought the new house, but I got to get the slate chalkboards. My dad bought the new house, but I got to meet new friends. I got to grow up in a new neighborhood, in a new school. And I got through that. It took me 50 years, yes, it was because I was turning 50, I had to go through all these conversations with God. What does that mean? It took me 50 years to realize that God showed me something at five years old that I needed to know right now in my life. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's still good. He's still a healer. He's still a provider. And can I tell you something? When you go into and make new decisions in life, it can be scary. But to know you have a good father to know that he's with you. I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing in the world. This is way more than just a ministry of the law. It's a ministry of relationship. Therefore, he says, we have such a hope. And we are very bold because we don't stay in the past. We move forward. We, we don't just put a veil over our face to prevent what's diminishing, but we move because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.
Amen? Amen. Bow your head, close your eyes with me for a moment. Holy Spirit, I know that you're here. And I know that there are people here that you're inviting into a new space. And maybe even some of them you're inviting into a relationship for the first time with you. I ask that you would, as you said, if you're lifted up, that you would draw all men to you. I pray for anyone that's here that needs to see you in a new way, in a new season. That today their eyes would be open. That they would see Jesus. The God who was and is and is to come. Just as your eyes are closed and your head are bowed, I want to give, first of all, give an opportunity if, if you're here and you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you into deeper relationship with God. Maybe today you've never given your life to Jesus and you've never stepped into relationship or you feel God saying, it's, it's time to come back or it's time to go deeper. It's time to reestablish relationship. And if you're here very quickly as no one's looking around, just slip up your hand. I just want to pray for you. We're going to pray and close. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, young man. Thank you, sir, in the back. Thank you. It's good. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks, Father. Father, thank you, Father. Thanks, God. All right, everybody stay with me to your feet. Thank you, God. We're going to pray this prayer out loud with those five people who raised their hand. And I want you to pray along with me. Let's pray out loud. Dear Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, forever. You came to this earth. You died on a cross. And you were resurrected. So all the old things in my life could be made new. All the dead things alive. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And make me the person you created me to be. Now this is a prayer for all of us. Jesus. Show me who you are for where I need to go. And just wait. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. As we're waiting on you, Lord, I ask you to remove the veil today. That this week, we literally would just walk in a closer face-to-face -face relationship with you. And as we move forward, that we know that We go into something that's increasing, advancing, 